0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode four of Balls, Sticks, and Fist. This is your host, Keaton, and we are live. Wow, what a great weekend of college football. If you don't like college football and you watch college football this weekend and you're still not a fan of college football, I have no idea what you're doing with your life because this weekend was an incredible first week of college football. Honestly, I can't remember a week one that had everything like this. So this is one of the most memorable week ones that I can remember. So a little breakdown of today's episode. We are gonna recap a handful of games that I think like we just gotta talk about. Um, Gonna talk about what happened in the gambling world with our picks. And then, I mean, just gonna recap everything, I guess. Um, So let's get right into it. Uh, Actually, also a little preview. So we will, this episode will just be a little recap of the weekend. And then in the next two days or so, I'll have my week two preview out. So let's get right into it. First game we're going to start with is Penn State versus Purdue. Penn State ended up winning the game 35-31. I did not get a chance to watch this game. I was at the West Virginia pick game, but I did watch the highlights and such. And I read what the other blogs were saying about the game. And from my research and what it sounds like is Purdue kind of, Purdue kind of lost this game. Well, obviously they lost, but they, they had every opportunity to win and put the game away and they just lost. So, um, From what I've read, Sean Clifford's still kind of a liability with his decision-making, but in the crunch time, he was able to put together a game-winning drive. Uh, Purdue head coach Jeff Brom, clock management was definitely an issue. Uh, Still throwing the ball whenever they could have just ran the clock, maybe make Penn State take some timeouts. So from my research, kind of seems like Purdue lost this game. Personally, I think Penn State should have Sean Clifford on a short leash. Even though, you know, he's been there for six years and whatever. I think if you want to win more football games, I think you got to put him on a short leash because his mistakes will cost you football games. So when you have a better quarterback behind him and Drew Allar, I think you got to play him. You got to play the best person that's going to make you win football games. So, maybe let him sit behind Sean a couple more games. And if Sean starts to struggle a little bit, put Drew in. But uh, Purdue definitely is going to be frustrated that they lost that game because they had every opportunity to put Penn State away. But kudos to Penn State going on the road on a Thursday night, night game, week one, tough environment, and they pulled out the W. So ambulance driving by so sorry if you guys hear that uh let's get into west virginia pit pit 38 west virginia 31 in my preview of this i told you narduzzi was going to try and run the ball down west virginia's throat uh i I didn't expect him to continue trying even it didn't work i know it's a game plan you gotta stick to your game plan but you gotta make in-game adjustments and Pitt just kept on trying to run and it was getting frustrating to watch because it's like Slovis was picking apart WVU's defense whenever he was dropping back and passing I mean other than when he would get sacked so I don't know what Pitt's offensive line was doing um but basically in that first half every every first down and second down Pitt was trying to run the ball and it was just a waste of the first two downs and West Virginia was getting pressure they did a good job of stopping the run um Pitt made some mistakes. They had a fumble, some drop passes. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Pitt struggled to stop the run. WU, like, stuck to the run whenever it was working. They were just running, like, an inside trap. They were running a counter, and they was just slashing Pitt's defense. Narduzzi said he would load the box to stop the run, but in some plays, I would just see, like, one linebacker, and, like, I don't know what... I don't know, I don't know. I truly don't know. I truly thought Pitt was gonna lose the game. It seemed like WVU had all the momentum. Seems like they were able to take shots when they could, run the ball when they wanted to. So, and also that first half, like I said, field position and special teams was gonna probably be the deal breaker. And WVU got a block punt that turned into seven or did it turn into seven or three? It turned into points, but they had that block punt. Uh, They basically controlled field position. Pitt was starting drives inside their five, the majority of the first half. And I'm just surprised Pitt ended up winning the game. Just a lucky bounce, and they took full advantage of it. Defense made the stops when they needed to on that last drive. I know WVU fans think that was a catch, but you can clearly find an angle you can clearly find an angle that that ball hit the ground so nothing to be mad about there also 75 25 split not a chance in the world it was 90% pit fans about 10% WVU fans there's probably more WVU fans like outside tailgating that didn't like go inside the game but inside the stadium it was 90 10 pit so Easily. Uh the lows I would go on that's 8515. WVU had a little section like the five hundreds that was making some noise during the game, but it was not 7525 and ESPN should publicly come out and apologize to Pit fans for putting that misinformation out there without saying how they got those numbers. Uh and then there's a video on Twitter circulating that. It was WVU fans saying, eat shit, pit from the section 500 I just mentioned. And obviously, it's going to sound loud since the video was taken inside the section. But it's all good. It was 90-10 Pitt, uh, Pitt fans. Pitt ended up with the W as a physical game. Uh, if Pitt plays like that this weekend against Tennessee, there's no way in hell they're winning a football game. So hopefully Narduzzi and the coaching staff make some adjustments on the way on their schemes and such, and maybe you know let let sli- let Slovis sling the rock because when he was slinging it he was slinging it. So maybe let him sling it a little bit. Uh, next game, uh, North Carolina versus App State in a freaking barn burner. Um, North Carolina 163 to 61. App State had every opportunity to come back and win. That two-point conversion play was money. Just got the quarterback, Chase Bryce, just got to put it on him. Just got to put it on him. He's so wide open. Don't even worry about throwing it where he's supposed to be. Just put it on him. Uh, North Carolina, though, gonna definitely gonna to have to make adjustments. 42 points in the fourth quarter allowed. I for sure thought North Carolina had the game in the bag, and the next thing you know, App State came back. And then North Carolina returned an onside kick for the touchdown. That's going to be another uh, critique. Everyone knows onside kick, just get the ball, go down. Don't return it for a touchdown. You just gave them the ball right back, and if you just go down, you win the game. Easy. But that's something that they're going to have to talk about. Uh, Next game, NC State. First, East Carolina, NC State 21, East Carolina 20. Uh NC State, I don't know. I don't know. Definitely did not look like the twelfth best team in the country. Uh East Carolina, goal line stops, two goal line stops. One they forced a fumble. One was a fourth and one, and they just absolutely stuffed the running back. Um they score, miss extra point. They get the ball back. The kicker has redemption, and he just overcompensated and he pushed it right. So on the extra point, he pulled it left. So he probably didn't want to pull left again. So he overcompensated and it—he just pushed it right. Um, never like seeing that, but it is what it is. What you gonna do? We got Oregon versus Georgia. Georgia 49, Oregon 3. I stopped watching this game at halftime. Uh, Georgia is definitely did not take a step back at all. If anything, they took a step forward. Stetson Bennett looked incredible. Defense, incredible. So definitely did not take a step back. That's all I got to say about that game. Uh (laughs) Then we have Cincinnati versus Arkansas. Arkansas ended up winning 31-24. Uh, was not too impressed with Arkansas. Or maybe Cincinnati was just... I don't know. The game was kind of... I don't know. Not sure. Maybe Cincinnati did was able to reload and able to go on the road to an SEC opponent and only lose by seven. They did miss two field goals, so it could have been a lot closer. Uh, but Arkansas has a tough... Tough schedule, so we'll see how good Arkansas is, but really not sold on Arkansas. Cincinnati will probably win the American again. Houston versus UTSA. Houston 37, UTSA 35. This was a triple overtime game. Houston was part of one of our parlays. Houston, oh my, what a game. If you did not watch this game, go back and watch the highlights. What a game this was. That's all I gotta say. Triple overtime. Quarterback for Houston rolls out, does like a dives in the end zone, gets like flipped over, doing like a front flip. Just crazy game. We got Utah twenty six versus Florida twenty nine. I mean, Utah really sold on us. Um, they were our last leg of a of a parlay. They marched down the field on the last drive, and they just simply threw an interception like. I don't know what they were doing. Uh, rising, Utah's quarterback, has amazing legs. And they just, for some reason, they were just dropping back. Like, do a rollout. Do something that they, he can threaten Florida with his legs. Because they were in field goal range. Like, I, like, it's all right. You're in field goal range. Like, roll out. Use his legs. Do something. You're in the fourth. You're in the last quarter of the field. We all know in the last quarter of the field, everything shrinks down. You being able to just drop back, it's going to be a lot harder to find those windows to throw into. And he threw an interception. So, I mean, with Florida, Anthony Richardson kind of just slashed him with his legs and his arm. I think he threw for like 129 yards and rushed for like 100 and something. Um, And Utah just failed to adjust. Like I don't even think they had a spy on him. Dude's just out there running and slashing you guys with the legs, and Utah didn't adjust with with a spy on the quarterback. It was kind of frustrating to watch. I'm like, dude, are you guys going to make any adjustments? Nope. Got to hate it for the Pac-12, though, because they're going to go another year without being in the playoff. Oregon got slashed. Utah lost. So their chances of making a spot in the playoff are slim. I know you got USC but we'll see if USC makes it makes any noise at all I doubt it Uh, wouldn't be surprised if USC loses this Saturday at Stanford Um, we'll talk about that on the next episode but that's basically the recap it was a great week of college football Um, we got 11 more weeks of the regular season so it's going to be entertaining if week one has anything to do with uh, how the season is going to play out. Hopefully it does. So our gambling picks went one and two. Um, thing is, we it's not like we lost money, though. Uh, I did .25 unit plays on all the parlays. So in total, I had .75 units out. And I returned about .79 units back so our profit margin is like 0.04 units so yeah we didn't win anything of substance unless you count a big mac at mcdonald's of substance but we didn't lose anything so what are you going to do we basically broke even at the end of the day uh i promise you keep riding with me i'll make you money well i can't promise you that but i'm promising you that um In the grand scheme of things, I have – oh, shoot. How am I not going to break down Ohio – all right. Forgot Ohio State, Notre Dame. Uh, Either Ohio State's defense is really good this year or Notre Dame's offense sucks. I have a feeling it's more 50-50 on that. I think Notre Dame's offense sucks, and I think Ohio State's defense made some strides. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as saying Ohio State's defense is really good after that small sample size. But when you're looking at the game, Notre Dame probably should have scored zero points. Let's be honest here. First play of the game, they throw a screen, missed tackle, and then they got a 15-yard penalty. So they were like in field goal range right off the first play. Then they got zero yards after that on that drive, settled for a field goal. Okay. Um, Then they got a... um, then they threw like a long pass it like bounced up in the air off the guys like shoulder pads and then he like caught it and then they got points off that drive but other than that like in the second half they did not move the ball I don't know if it's Tommy Reese calling plays or what their strategy was in that second half but it simply just didn't work um Ohio State's offense, I'm not going to be, like, all worried about, oh, they only put 21 points up. Jackson Smith uh, Najiba was out after, like, their first drive, after their first five plays. He never saw him again. Uh, So hopefully he comes back healthy. Uh, Julian Fleming didn't play for Ohio State either, so that would have been their wide receiver three. So they were playing with wide receiver two, wide receiver four, and wide receiver five. Uh, where there are three top receivers and you could see that uh, Xavier Johnson scored his first touchdown as a Buckeye, I believe. Uh, He's more of a special teams player and he scored the touchdown. Uh, Notre Dame's defense was basically playing two high safeties, basically forcing C.J. Stroud to just just dump off the ball. Basically, they weren't going to get beat on anything long. It's kind of frustrating to watch, but hey, you got to do what you got to do. The one time they did go main, uh, Xavier Johnson beat them for a touchdown. So you can see why they did it. Uh, I don't understand their last drive at all. They kind of just laid down. I mean, they punted with three minutes left, down 11, with only one timeout. Uh, I think Marcus Freeman is going to learn not to use his timeout so early because you're going to need them at the end of the game. So I don't know. uh, but to me, it's Bama, Georgia, and then everyone else. No other team went out there and showed me that they're gonna be able to compete with Bama or Georgia. I know it's week one, so it can't be like a overreaction, but that's just my grand scheme of things. Um, could be wrong, but that's what I think. Uh, so we're gonna look at some week two, just a little, just a little. Uh, uh, peak in. Not going to break down anything. There is some really good games on. Is it going to be as good as week one? Probably not. Uh, Friday night, though, we got some Louisville versus UCF action. Uh, Louisville got blown out by Syracuse, which was really surprising to me, so we'll see if that's a game. Uh, On Saturday, Alabama's traveling to Texas for a noon game. That's going to be exciting. And then I have Arkansas on upset alert against South Carolina. I truly think South Carolina can beat them. And then, let's see. Um, Appalachian State's playing at Texas A&M. I don't think Texas A&M looked that good. I know they had like a three-hour weather delay, but still they were playing Sam Houston. So I think Appalachian State at Texas A&M should be a good game. Unless Appalachian State, like, kind of like uh, you know it's hard to bounce back after like a game like they had against UNC so we'll see if they're able to bounce back or if they have a little letdown week and Texas A&M just runs them and then Tennessee travels to Pitt Tennessee is a touchdown favorite traveling to Pitt that should be a good game and then um Let's see here. Just scrolling through the game, seeing anything that catches the eye. Uh, Florida might be have a letdown week. They have another top 25 team traveling into Gainesville. Kentucky's coming to town for a 7 o'clock game. Um, I think Florida will have a letdown week because they just knocked, down, knocked out a top four team, and then now they have another ranked opponent come in. So after an emotional win, are you going to be able to have a short memory and bounce back and play another top 25 team tough? We will see. We'll talk about that. Uh, kind of like a sleeper game. Arizona State's going to o- Oklahoma State. That could be kind of a sleeper game. That could be really exciting. Uh, USC travels to Stanford in USC's first like test of the season. So hopefully that's a good game down there in Stanford. Um, And then for the night game, there's two really good like 10 o'clock games. Uh, You got Baylor traveling to BYU. That game starts at 10-15, so that's a really late game. And then in a little sleeper of a game, you got Oregon State versus Fresno State. So a lot to look forward to. Got to gotta forget about this week now move on to the next week Um hopefully I broke down the games good I'm kind of in between classes so I didn't want to didn't want to run like too long Uh the breakdowns probably could have been a little better but I was just saying I recollect what I recall from the games so week one was exciting week two hopefully is even more exciting um I might do an MMA podcast drop on, like, Friday or something. There's a UFC pay-per-view Saturday night. Uh, Nate Diaz's last UFC fight ever, probably. And terrible style matchup, but something to talk about. So we will see. I will see you guys on Thursday, most likely. And we're going to do a deep dive in the games. These little uh, reaction post-weekend post, um, post are supposed to be a little shorter, just a little skim through. So, sorry if it's not the best episode. But uh, also, can't believe I almost forgot about this. Rewind, rewind. Uh, LSU-Florida State. What a game that was. Jesus, Brian Kelly. Really got his boys ready to play, right? Just kidding. Uh, but grand scheme of things, everyone already knows what happens. Uh, blocked extra point to win the game. Definitely not the kicker's fault. Uh, that wing on the field goal protection will probably never be a wing again on field goal protection. He will probably be out unless they give him another chance because they had two blocks from that same side. Anyone who knows, uh, Who doesn't know as a field goal wing you gotta pinch down you can't let someone through that gap or else they're gonna block a kick every single time the guy on the outside it's all right like you you want to redirect the guy on the outside at cal U, we never redirect the guy off the outside we just let him come free and then we pinch down because if your operation times fast enough and between like the 1.2 if you're at 1.2 seconds that should be fast enough uh, to get a kickoff without chipping the guy off the outside. So you just want to peel down, pinch down, never let someone through that gap, never chase, just always pinch down, redirect, and you should be perfectly fine as an operation. But nope, did not happen. The guy chased the guy outside for some reason, let the guy right through the gap, which led to an easy block. So that was kind of crazy. Clemson didn't look like in the first half. I don't know. I don't know. Their offense, their defense is really good. It's going to be hard to score points on them, but their offense might give them struggles. Uh, DJ kind of got in a little rhythm there. And then they brought Cade Klubnik in in like the fourth. And he looked good. So we'll see about Clemson. Defense really good. Offense struggles. But all right. now that I've remembered that, Sorry, this episode's kind of been all over the place, but we're just getting started. Um, I'll see you guys Thursday, most likely Thursday. Gives me some more time to preview everything and get some good picks and stuff like that. So, see you Thursday. Thanks for listening. We are out.